this is our title this evening, Abiding in Christ. And the reference from John, chapter 15, verse 1 to 15. Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 1 to 15. We're so grateful for God's word, and we thank him for giving to us so that we can depend upon him. This is our treasure. If you like digging treasures, this is where it should go. And we can dig a lot of things. And there are a lot of things that helps us so that we can learn and apply and truly to put into a practical way. And that's what the Bible does. It helps us to live a very practical life in this earth as long as we have time. We have very borrowed time. And our time on this planet is very short. Anything can happen any time. Whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Many times we think that, oh, I got plenty of time. I'm young and I got a lot of time and a lot of things to do. But that doesn't happen. You know, so we don't need to depend upon what we think. We need to just depend upon what God says uh, from his word. And that's why we need to be abiding in the Lord in everything we do or say in a very practical way. And that's what we do. So we need to be very practical in the work in the ministry of Christ. So the first thing you ask here, as we see in Gospel of John chapter 15, here in verse 1, the Bible says, and this is not what I say, this is what the Bible says. It says, I am a true vine. And that is what Jesus is saying to you and I today. He is the truth. We need to believe him with full of confidence. And that's why I say, is a true vine. Ask yourself this question. We need to ask question to ourselves, not to question somebody else. It's always good to ask to ourselves first to see if we know. What is God's will? What is God's will for me? Not for somebody else. We need to understand that. We need to ask this to ourselves. What is the will of God for me? And when we can answer this question to ourselves, I don't want you to answer to me. You can answer to yourself this evening, what is God's will for me? What does God want you to do? What are some of the things that God is requiring from you? And this question should really settle us, our life and our walk with the Lord. Because he wants to know that I understand the will of God for my life. Yes, I live on this planet earth and I have a purpose. And what is this purpose fulfilling me as a Christian, as a born again? This thing is, you know, all this question is not valid for the heathens or those who are not saved. Those who don't know Christ as their Lord and Savior. But it is very important for you and I, because the Bible says, and Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. So yes, helps us that now they wants to give you and I a very important lesson as far as we know the Lord as our Lord and Savior. The second question we need to ask to yourself, and this question that we need to ask, what is the most important thing in my life? What is the most important thing in my life? If you can answer the will of God, if you understand the will of God, that will make you and I too easy to answer the second question, to understand the most important thing in my life. There are a lot of things we think about. There are a lot of things we just, you know, plan to do. 
But what is the most important thing in my life? We need to settle this within ourselves. But as Christian, as born again Christian this evening, we can know that I understand that what is the will of God for me is. I truly understand. And that's why I'm committed to the will of God and I understand the most important thing in my life. And that is what we need to know. Is it serving God? Is it doing my thing? What is it? I need to answer this question. And to help us to understand that, then we look at the word of God and, and Jesus is helping you and I to understand as long as we abide in Christ, we are able to know each and every answers for our life today on this planet. We don't need to go to somebody and ask questions to tell me you know, what is the most important thing for my life. Have you tried somebody? Go ask somebody and ask them, brother, what is the important thing for my life? I'm sure that he will give you all kinds of answers. But it doesn't satisfy us. But first, when I understand the will of God, then I understand the most important thing on this planet Earth for my life. And that's regarding everything I do. My family life. My social life. My spiritual life. All those things. How I interact with all the things that comes day by day, minute by minute. You know, many times we, we get it, you know, uh, in flesh. You know, one time one little girl came to me, you know, after the chapel hour. She came and said, Pastor, you didn't pray. You know, and she was loud. You know, she said, Pastor, you didn't pray. You know, my flesh gone. <clears throat> you don't tell me what to do. You know, that was my attitude. You see, my attitude was there. And I was... Angry within myself, saying, I'm your principal. You sit down. And she was a little bit upset and she sat down, you know. But later on, throughout the day, the thing came back to me. Did I do the right thing? Did I say the right thing to the little girl? Because I didn't want her to correct me. So my pride made me to tell her, you be quiet. So I learned a great lesson through that little girl. And that night I couldn't sleep. And the Lord was bothering me. You know, as a principal, I need to be example. As a pastor, I need to be example. So next morning, when everybody came, they sat uh, in the ch church. And I went to her and said, sorry. Thank you for reminding to me. And you can see the big smile in her face. Because she was correcting me because they want me to pray. And as Christians sometimes... We as adults or we as a pastors or, or as a principal, we forget about things. We think we know better than anybody. But sometimes those children help us to correct us, things that we need to do in life. So there are a lot of important things, little things sometimes, you know, can help you and I grow and to be more mature. So we need to understand the important things of my life. Because my life that I live on this planet, it can help my children. And it can pass on to everybody that we interact with. So we need to settle this question within ourselves. The third question you need to ask to yourself, and is, this is what I ask for myself, who is number one in my life? Who is number one in my life? Who is the person that is the most important in another person in my life? 
you know, some people, it may be the Hollywood stars. You know, in Hollywood, in all these famous uh, stars, they make them number one. In Fiji, Bollywood, the Indian stars, and you go to Indian home, they will have big posters of a Bollywood stars. They think they are the God. Yeah, that's what they do. So we need to help them to understand who is the number one person or number one in your life. And many times we think, no, there are other things to be number one. Is it my work? We have few people in our church, they work, 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 work. They just want to just walk. And they miss a lot. They put, they said, oh, I have to pay for this, I have to provide for this. Where is your faith in God? Do you trust in God? Or you trust on those things, those things that you think that are going to be the number one priority for you. So for number one priority in my life is the Lord Jesus Christ. He need to be the first of all. He need to be the king of my life. He need to be center of my life. Everything I do, everything I say, everywhere I go, it need to be with him, not alone. Then we can conquer much and better things in life today. Because he should be the first priority. Without him, we are nothing. So we need to learn to make Jesus the number one. Has anybody put your pastor's uh, photo in the t-shirt and wearing and walk in town? <laughs> Say, this person is a godly man. No, we don't do that, do we? But we do the movie stars, isn't it? T-shirt and some of the things they have. I saw people wearing, you know, projecting. So we need to be careful. And I always challenge the people in church, whom you stand and whom you represent in this planet Earth is important. You know, how you talk to the people is very important. How you relate to them is very important. If Christ is number one, we'll talk the talk and we'll walk the walk. If it's not number one in our life, then we cannot walk the walk, we cannot talk the talk because we will stumble. We'll make error. And we will do things. And we will say things that will hurt others. So if Christ is the Lord of my life, if the number one in my life, then we can see that our life is much better. When people see it, they want to interact with us. They want to know about it. They want to come and sit with you. They want to take counsel of you so that you can help them, counsel them, and show them the way of life. And that is only the Lord Jesus Christ can come and do in your life. Number four question. And the question is this, what is wrong with my life? You know, when I was, when I have my daughters were growing up, it seems like I have four mothers. Yeah. And they tell me how to dress all the time. Dad, you can't wear that. No, that tie doesn't look right. That shirt wouldn't look right. So I can't dress the way I want. Sometimes I like to just wear anything and go. No, no, Dad, you can't wear like this. What would my friend gonna say? You are a pastor. So they always tease, uh, teach me how to wear. And I'm thankful to them. And every Sunday when I preach, when I go home, we sit on the table when we eat. Dad, you said this and that was wrong. No, I didn't say that. So four of them, my wife, my three daughters, will be my person. They're gonna correct me. So I, because I'm the only boy, Michael come very late but I bear them but I thank God 
because they become an instrument in helping me to live a life that is right. And that is why we need to set our life that ask ourselves what is wrong in my life because I don't see my wrongs. You know, my wife can see all the wrong I do and I can see all the wrong she does. So we correct each other in a loving, in a godly way. You know, I know when, when to correct my wife. Not when she's busy with work. When we, ask, when we open the word of God, that's the time we talk about things from God's word. And many times we see that, you know, this morning, see, when I was talking to her, she said, the most important thing I miss today is that we don't have devotion together. Because every morning before we even do anything, we have devotion together. We read God's word and we share with one another that day. And she said, I miss that most. At least he missed me, I know. <laughs> but here is, what is wrong with our life? Can you look around to yourself rather than looking wrong and picking wrong on somebody else? And that's what we do. We are quick to judge others. And I, now God doesn't, no, chose us, saved us to judge others. He saved us to give the gospel to others. To tell about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And many times we are wasting our time and we become a judge and very judgmental on issues that is around us. And we are wasting our time. Time is very precious. We need to utilize our time properly. That what God would like. So look ourselves and ask that if something is wrong in our lives, we need to go before God. If our children are pointing something to us, we need to accept it. If our wife is telling something, we need to understand it. Because we men are pride, isn't it? We know better than our wife, sometimes we think so. But without them, we are, you know, I find it, you know, sometimes I'm useless. But they are God's gift to us. So we need to enjoy our life knowing that they can help us and debluff us as a man that she would love. Same way to our wives. Because nowadays, a lot of things are happening in each life. And sad things are happening. You know, I'm, I'm not only counseling the uh, church folk. I have so many non-Christian families come. Bring their children to me for counseling. And I have the young family who came. They were married only three months. And they're going to divorce. What a sad thing. So much the parents have put together. And they were not Christians. But they come for Christian counseling. And I have to help them speak about the Lord. Great opportunity. You know, sometimes my wife will sit and know, even when I'm preaching, she will sit and she will do like that. That means, Michael, you're getting, time is getting long. Shut it up. Cut it off. <laughs> So if you see my wife doing like that, that means, come on, get off, sit down. And when I talk to the people, when they come there in counseling time with, with this couple, they came when I start counseling from 9 o'clock to 12. I'm not finished. And my wife is going up and down, up and down. But that's a great opportunity for us to know that no, even those kind of people come for counseling. The fifth question we need to ask what do I need to do about it? What do 
I need to do about it? Am I doing something about it? Now we've seen these four important things, four important questions, and now you need to assess them yourself. And if there's something wrong with us, there's something that we're still holding to it, this is the time that we need to go before Christ that shows us that we are not abiding in him. If we abide in Christ, we need to settle this matter with him. We need to ask him and his forgiveness so that he can help us and guide us and, and lead us. We should know that the Bible said, except he abide in me, that is in Christ. Except the Lord says. And this is what he wants you and I to do is to abide in him. We need to continue to abide in Christ. And the Bible said, except ye abide in him, what we are. He said, without me, ye can do nothing. Without Christ, we can do nothing. It is all about the flesh. Because the Lord wants us to do something. But we need to abide with him to accomplish this. And says, without him, we are nothing. So except we abide in Christ... We cannot do anything. If you want to see our lives, if you want to enjoy our life with one another, and our testimony, we need to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does abide implies? That means a union with Christ. We need to be united with Christ. We need to have that Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. You need to understand this is a personal relationship. God has, and you and I today, having a very unique personal relationship with Christ. It is a unique relationship. It is a union with you and the Lord Jesus Christ. And there shouldn't be anything come in between there. By the new birth at salvation, when we come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior, we had obtained a unique relationship with him. He became my God and I become his child. He gave his life for me. He saved me out of my sin. You know, without him, we would do nothing. I thank him for dying on the cross of Calvary. I thank him he reached out and reached to me and picked me out from my dirt. Cleansed me through his blood. And set it apart for his glory, for his honor, so that I can glorify him. I can exalt him above everything. There is nothing can stop us when you abide in Christ. See, life depends upon the union with the vine. Jesus said, I am the vine. So we need to be united. We need to be living with him so that we can unite with him. We can totally depend upon him. We need to have the communion with Christ. Our communication should be every day, every minute, every second of our life. Not only coming to church on Sunday or Wednesday night or having a popcorn prayer. Just pop in and pop out. That is not that communion we have with the Lord. Lord needs us to spend some time. There's three, three things here. First, I need to take my time out. Spend wisely with the Lord. As much as I spend wisely in other things. You know, I love rugby. And Fijian are good in playing rugby. You know, when rugby is on, I like to sit and watch. But I need to have so much passion about spending that kind of time with the Lord. 
It's not only just now things of the world. Because these are all the destruction that takes you away and me from the things of the Lord. So we need to have a communion with Christ every day of our life. His thoughts should be our thoughts. Not my thought, my way, or highway. His thoughts should be our thought. What is the thought of Christ? And that should be ours. When we talk to the people, when we relate to the people, we are relating to them the message of the Lord, the love of God. And that should be in our heart. If I know him as my Lord and Savior, we were able to relate to the people the gospel. They can see that. They will know it. It is because my communion with God. It is now my stand with the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, his way should be our ways. The way the Lord Jesus Christ lived in this earth is a great example for you and I today. Wherever we go, it should be his way, not my way. And when we start to having our own way, we have problems. But if it's God's way, you see, he will unite everything together. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ does for you and I today. Thirdly, this is to achieve by Bible study and prayer. The achievement need to be through Bible study and prayer. We need to pray. We need to study. You know what is the last time you read Bible from Genesis to Revelation? How many times have you finished reading it? You know, the more you read, the more you get. The more time you spend on the Word, you see the more you get the knowledge of the Lord. The less time you stand in this book, you see the devil has you and has me. And he's going to corrupt our mind. Then our thoughts will not be his thought. And our ways is not going to be the Lord's way. Because the devil is just getting us away. I tell my children, if you put garbage in, garbage will come in. So, refresh our mind. We need to have a daily Bible study devotion. He said, oh, I do it. How long you spend your time with the Lord compared to the time frame that we live in the, this planet Earth? So we do a lot of things physically for us. We need to balance it. So that we spend that quality time in his word. For the glory of God. He walked with me. And he talked with me. And tells me that I am his. I love that him. You know. Because that's what he does. To you and I. He always walks with me. He talks with me. When I read his word. He talks with me. So I spend the time. Talking with the Lord. For things that he want me to see. Many times I read. I couldn't find it. And you go back again. Oh, how could I miss this? It was there. So the more you dig, the more you get. That's what we do as Christian, as born again. So it's something massive. Second thing we see, what abiding involves, it is that there must be total dependence on God. You mean be total depending on God. That's what you do. You depend on God all the time, not your own. Compared to what you have, you have this evening with you. That's nothing. Even then, we need to depend upon God. Because those things of this earth never satisfies us. So we learn to cast all our cares upon him for he cared for you and I. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that I serve a risen savior. I don't serve a dead God. I don't put it in the wall. I don't put him as a temple inside the house. I serve a risen savior. He is alive. Amen. He lives in us. Amen. The good news is he's coming back. Aren't you excited? Aren't you excited? 
He's coming back. It might be now, it might be tomorrow, it might be 10 years from now. I don't know. Don't ask me that question. I don't know when he's coming, but he's coming back. He said, he's coming, he's coming back. So this is the time that we need to cast all our worries, fears, anything you got in life. Cast it to him because he cares better than you and I can do anything about it. Then that's what the Lord does for you and I today. There must be obedience. We need to be total obedience to the word of God. Our life needs to be total obedience. How obedient we are when we're driving on the roads. When you say 110, you drive 140. Next thing you see, the lights coming up. Eh? They will catch you. I like the sign on the road it says. Look at the speeder. Oh, there's the cop is there. They will come and take you. So, obedience. We obey the rule of the land. We obey everything about, you know, we don't want to get into trouble. We don't want to get into problem. But what about obedience to God? Are we obedience to God? Are we doing what God wants us to do? You see, here we need to learn to know to be obedience to God. That means obedience shows that how much I love Him. How much I care about what the Lord has done for me. You know, it means a lot to me that a Savior who died on the cross of Calvary for my sin. He loved me so much. In return, I need to obedience to show people that is around me the love of Jesus that is in me. You know, the songwriter said, no, trust and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Only trust and obey. And that's what we do. We need to totally be trusting God in everything he does for you and I. There must be a continuous. It's not a, just a stop. There need to be a continuous. You know, yes, as John 3, 8, 31 says, you know, we need to keep on and keeping on. We don't stop. We don't look back whether they're coming or not. If anybody comes or not, I keep going. If I have to go and put the track myself, I keep going. I'm not going to wait for anyone. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to look back who's there, who's not there. But it's keep on and keeping on. That's what Lord wants. I must have his strength and power to go on. Because he says he's going to give all the strength and power and wisdom that we need. So we need to just depend upon him so that he can. So we need to continue on. Then we see a fire and a coal of the fire that stays in a church and in Christ. We can be able to stray ourselves. You know, sometimes I feel like putting a fire in the pews when the people sit so they can jump up and get fire with God. You know, sometimes we come, we come to thinking like, you know, I came to a funeral service. Yeah, I told my, in church, you know, if you come to my funeral service, you need to be excited because I'm going to be a better place. I don't want you to mourn and cry because my pastor's dead. If you do that, I'll get up and slap in your face. And I'll go back again. So we need to be putting that fire coal in our pews for fire for the glory of God. You know, we need to be. Because we have all kind of people comes. So if the church comes together and they need to fire, and that fire only can Christ can bend in, in you and in me. What is abiding includes? The key word here is abide. That means we're going to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, to bring security. You know, under the, the shadow of God. That is, we are under the watch care. 
God is watching us day in and day out, 24-7. He doesn't sleep. He never sleeps or slumbers on us. He keeps watching you and I day in and day out. You know, I've seen the Lord's hand in many ways. His provision, you know, His safety, if say anything. A lot of people try to come to be a hindrance to you, but under the shadow of God, they could not even take one hair out of your head. You know why? Even though you're bald head this evening, every hair is counted. Every hair is numbered. You may think, oh, I got plenty less hairs. Doesn't matter. It is numbered. It brings cleansing. Because the Lord Jesus Christ cleansed you and I through his blood. He shed on the cross of Calvary. If you are cleansed this morning, uh, sorry, this evening, it is because of the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. He poured it to cleanse you and I so that you and I can be standing before the throne of grace in the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Father in heaven accept you and I as a child because of the Lord Jesus Christ and things that he has accomplished. Then it brings confidence. As First John chapter 2, verse 28 says, And now little children abide in him. When he shall appear, we have confidence and not to be ashamed before him at his coming. So we need to know that confidence. We are excited about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming soon. Are you glad to meet him? Yes? I'm excited. You know, I'm looking for the sound of the trumpet. When the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come with his angels. And you're going to take us home. What a day. You know, we think flying in the plane is important. I'm looking for that day of flying. We're going to just peace. Apart from this earth. Meeting the Lord in the air. What a day that will be. Glorious day. So here we are. Now we need to not be ashamed. Just we need to look in confidence. Then it brings usefulness. Now bring much fruit. Your life and my life can bring fruit. Many times we think that, oh, we need to go and preach the gospel to others. But our life can bring people to Christ. You know? Because one person's life changed my life. Not because she preached to me, because she lived the life. Which I was not living. But her life made a difference in my life. So that means that we're going to bring much fruit. It brings victory to you and I. As First John 3, 6, that we're not to sin. But if we live in sin, we cannot have victory. In closing, that's a good part of the sermon, isn't it? When you come, you're closing. All right, I have to go. Don't worry, I got 10 points there again. <laughs> Remember the key word. What is the key word is? And the key word here we find is abind. Whom to abind? We need to abind in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't abide in Allah. Otherwise, the door won't open. Don't abide in Buddhas or Hari Rama or any of the Hindu God. They're all dead. Yeah, I'm telling you. Because I came out of the Hinduism. They have no life. They have nothing. Big statues, they look terrible like you, you know. And they scare people up. Our God is not dead. He's alive. So we need to learn to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, remember the key place is in me, the Lord Jesus Christ said, not in anybody else. The key place to abide is 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you and I abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, you see the fruits you will bear, and the fruits that are going to come out of your life, and the fruits that you're going to enjoy for the rest of your life as long as you live in this planet earth. Remember, the key person is, and the key person is he, that's you and me. Only if you and me can abide in the Lord Jesus Christ, he can use you and he can use me. And that's why Jesus said, ye abide in me. So we are, need to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ to see and to accompany great things for the glory of God. As I said in the beginning, time is catching up on us. We have very limited time. We need to abide in him to tell the world about the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in John chapter 15 verse 4, the, he said, Except ye abide, he said, Except ye abide in me, ye are nothing. You and I are nothing. So here is that Lord Jesus Christ wants you and I to abide in him. If you want to bear fruits, if you want to bear fruit for the glory of God, let's abide in Christ. Let's put Christ the first and everything for us in our life so that we can live a life that is always pleasing to God. And when we do that, hallelujah, you can see the excitement of your life, the joy of your life. Because just remember, we need to remind ourselves, we need to abide in Christ and nowhere else. We need to live a life that is pleasing to God, not to ourselves. So this evening, I want to leave you like with this. Let us abide in Christ. Let the Lord Jesus Christ has his way in my life and through my life to reaching out to others. So I pray that, you know, you'll continue to pray for us in the work and ministry in Fiji. There are a lot of challenges we are challenged with. There are a lot of enemies we meet. But we need counsel and wisdom of God to answer, not our pride. And I thank you for your prayers. Because of you all, we are able to do the work that is done in the island of Fiji. In closing, I'd like to invite you all to come. Don't be afraid. Get a walking holiday. Yeah. And come and visit us. Beautiful beach. And you can reach out to many people. For help these students. For help in any way you can in the work and the ministry of Christ. Please pray with us. Thank you.